T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hello, St. Louis and surrounding areas. You are listening to another edition of At Your Service right here on KMOX. Howdy, everybody. 806 in St. Louis. If you uh, are somewhat familiar with this voice, you might be confused because you usually don't hear it on a weeknight, and it has been a while. But, yeah, it's yours truly, the host of the Dollars and Cents show occasionally on Sunday afternoons. My name is Dave Simons, and by day... I am a certified financial planner. That's the day job located within the friendly confines of UBS financial services. But occasionally they let me out of those friendly confines and I get to sneak my way in here to the Camo X studios occasionally to fill in on an at your service segment. So you got me for a couple of hours tonight up until 10 o'clock and I am thrilled to be here. I really am. Uh, as the Cardinals take a night off, um, we were just talking here in the studio about how tough that game was last night. Oh, my son and I, he's as big of a Cardinal fan as I, and we text each other during the games. He lives in a house, gosh, only not too far from downtown, like around Big Ben and 40. And so we text each other during the games, and um, he went silent. After that, and I texted him, and after that bomb where they lost it in the ninth, no response. Finally this morning he said, Dad, I just couldn't respond, man. I went straight to bed. So that that shows you you're a Cardinal fan when you're that despondent where you can't even answer your old man's text at night. Um, but, yeah, need a day off. Fortunately, the Brewers are um, are losing. But, hey, I'm not the sports guy, so let's go back into sort of looking at some other things here, shall we? I Obviously, my expertise is in the financial area, right? Financial markets, the economy, and we will look at some of that. But one of the joys that I get out of hosting at your service is I get to spread the wings a little bit and talk about some other things, and we will including a story that I would really encourage you to hang around and listen to in the first part of the 9 o'clock hour. It really gets to the heart of what's happening in this country, and I'll come at it in a way that uh, I guarantee nobody expected. So a little bit of a tease there, and I'll talk a little bit more about it here in the 8 o'clock hour, but we'll dig into it in the uh, next hour. But first, starting with a little trivia. For those of you who like to play these games, you know, if you're at a Cardinals game or a Blues game, I think it's mainly the Cardinals games, but they show sometimes in between innings, they'll 
they'll put up like four consecutive calendar years, you know, 1980, 81, 82, 83. And you are to guess what year this particular song was. And then they'll throw out a big movie of that year. And then they'll do something else. And then they'll start eliminating one of the years to see if you picked it. I'm actually, if I can pat myself on the back, pretty good at that because I'm, I've always been into cultural events at the time, and I, I love history. My dad was a history professor, so I get some of that from him. So I've always found that to be very, very easy. So now I want to see if any of you can successfully guess the year that I'm talking to, uh, about. And I'm not going to give you a multiple choice here. I'm not going to give you like four years. You just have to nail the year. But I think a lot of you will get this right away. So I'm going to first start out with the most popular songs of this particular year. And by the way, if you're of a certain age, like under 45, you're not going to probably know much about this. So I'm just warning you. It'll be people perhaps of my age and older. I turn 60 in a couple of weeks. So that's kind of the genre I'm talking about. Just to be fair, I want to warn you about that. All right. Number one song of this year, Bridge Over Troubled Water. The classic song by Simon and Garfunkel, of course. How about American Woman, the Guess Who? Same year. Raindrops keep falling on my head. Yep, that that, okay, I won't sing anymore, I promise. But that was another big hit that year, B.J. Thomas. Um, oh, the classic rocking rocker song, All Right Now, by Free. Every time I hear that song, by the way, I always want to say it's Bad Company, but it's not. It's the same singer, of course, Paul Rogers, but th- that was Free. So those are songs. Some of you already got it. Maybe a few of you still need a little help, so let's turn our attention over to movies. Same year. Highest grossing movie of this particular year. Now some of you will get it. Love Story. MASH, the original movie from which the series was based, was the uh, was a big hit that year. Then you have Patent. Yes, George C. Scott. Great movie. Uh, and one of my favorite movies of that year was the, actually the seventh highest grossing movie, and it starred a, a young Dustin Hoffman, in Little Big Man. So I know I'll stop there. Okay, I'll let everyone off the hook. I think a lot of you already got it. 1970. Eight years old, yours truly was. And I, I, I watched every one of those movies. And of course, I know all those songs. I probably w- wasn't that familiar with them at the time. But those are classic songs that have been played over and over year after year, of course. Why would I even bring up the year 1970? What's the significance of that right now, 52 years ago? Well, my friends, we just finished, of course, today, the first half of 2022. It's over at midnight tonight. Those of you in the stock market know it has not been a pleasant year. Do you know how bad it's been? We just finished the worst first half of a calendar year since the aforementioned 1970. Is that crazy? I mean, think about it. We've had the Great Recession of late 07 through 08, 09. We had the Internet bubble bursting in 2000 to 02. We had the crash of 87, although that didn't occur until September, so the first half was out of it. But we've had so many other events, economic events and crashes and bear markets and recessions. And yet this was the worst 
start, first worst six-month start to a year since 1970. In fact, it's one of the five worst of all time, going back to the Great Depression. Listen to these years, okay? So these are the five worst starts to any calendar year in history. Three of them occurred within a 10-year period. Can you guess? Yeah, Great Depression, right? 1932, 1939, and 1940. Those three years all started the years down more than 20%. 1962, the year I was born, and 1970. Those were your five years where the market finished down at least 15% in the first six months. To give you an update... As of the close of business today, the S&P 500 finished the first six months down 20.6%. That is the fourth worst six-month start in history. It's crazy. Did you know it was that bad? For the Dow Jones Industrial Average, most of you probably know that index more, but that finished down 15.3. The NASDAQ, the worst start in its history down 29.5%. Now, the NASDAQ has only been around since 1971, so it's only got a 51-year track record. But it's the worst six-month start in the history of the NASDAQ. Isn't that crazy? And then the last index I'll give you, small-cap stocks. There is an index for it, the Russell 2000. That's only been around since 1984. Would it surprise you that here in 2022, it's the worst start ever for that index? Yeah, no, down 26.1%. So there you go. I'm going to take a break now. When we come back, we'll continue this conversation uh, because everyone really wants to know, okay, that's fine, Dave. We know it's bad. We don't want to be reminded of it. I just got to know, when's this thing going to end? Is there a pickup in the second half? Well, of course, nobody knows for sure, right? Lots of predictions out there. It's going to go down even more. The turn's going to start soon, somewhere in between. I think history can be a little bit of of a guide for us. It's not perfect. But there's one question that you, if you could answer one question, you will know the answer to where the market's going from here. You will. It's just one question. We'll get to it when we return with more at your service here on Camo X. Dave Simon's filling in tonight. Thanks for joining us. We'll be right back. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. My friends, this is only the greatest rock and roll band in history. And if you disagree, I will fight you. Send me your address. I'll come to your house. No, I'm just kidding. I'm a lover, not a fighter. But Ario Speedwagon, sorry. Uh, but I digress. Thanks, guys. That was beautiful. Uh, Dave Simon's here tonight, filling in on uh, At Your Service. We talked a little bit at the beginning uh, about the fact that we just finished six months, of course. And the six-month start to 2022 for the stock market is the worst since 1970. It's the fourth worst start of all time which is just crazy when you consider all the things that we've gone through as a country for more than 100 years. The Dow Jones Industrial Average started in 1896, and this is the fourth worst half start. It's, 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 it's mind-boggling, really, how tough this year has been so far. I gave you the other years where the market started off down at least 15% the first half of the year. To make it official, just so you know, the Dow this year is down 153 but the S&P is down 20.6, and the high-tech-laden, high-flying NASDAQ is down 29.5. So what about those other years? 1932, 39, 40, and 1962 and 70. Those other five years where the market fell at least 15% the first half of the year, what happened in the second half? It was up every time. Now, sometimes just a little bit, 1940, the market second half was up six, but you'll still take it, right? It tells you that the it, this bear market slash crash did not continue all year. That's never happened, at least in those other five cases. The biggest increase in the second half was a whopping 55% turnaround in 1932. But get this, the market still finished down for the full year, 15%. I mean, when you go up 55% and you're still down 15%, you had a bad first half. That's the record by far, of course. The market from 19, late 29 through 32, you have to know the Dow fell 89%. Unprecedented. We've never been close before since, thank goodness. But all five times, the market never finished higher for the full calendar year, even though it did post a gain for the second half. That 15% loss for the year in 1932 was the worst. The best was 1970, where I started the show. It had a 26.5% increase in the second half and made up all of its loss from the first half and actually finished flat for the year. If we want to get really technical here, it finished up 10 basis points, a tenth of 1%. We'll call it flat. Would you take flat for 2022 now? You better believe it. That would be a really nice second half. So that gets us then to the question, what is going to happen in the second half for all of us who have a little bit of money in the financial markets or perhaps a lot of money? And I think that's especially important for people thinking about retiring very soon. And you're not wanting to retire right in the teeth of a vicious bear market, right? That could set you back a little bit depending on the income needs that you may have. 
in the first few years of, of your retirement? Well, nobody knows, and you're not going to hear me bloviating about, I know for a fact this is going to happen. We get this all the time. I'm tired of it. Nobody knows. We can have a professional judgment. I have a professional opinion, which I will give you, based on real research, based on a little bit of history, but there's no guarantee of it. But here's the question I asked right before we went to break. And if you successfully can answer this question, you will know where the market's going. The problem is you don't know if you've successfully answered it today. You'll only know it in hindsight. So, yeah, there's a little catch there. If if we dip into a recession, which is negative economic growth for at least six months, officially defined as two quarters, same thing. If that occurs, we then are officially in a recession. More and more analysts and economists now believe that the U.S. economy will dip into a recession, if not later this year, certainly sometime in 2023. I happen to be on that bandwagon, but I think it will be of the milder variety like we saw in 1990-91 or 60-61, not a very vicious one, not a harsh one like 73-74 or 2000-02, which was actually 01-02, or, of course, 2008, which was the worst ever outside of the Great Depression. I think it'll be of the milder variety. That's important. Here's why. If we have a mild recession or don't even fall into a recession, we just get close but don't quite get in there, history tells us that the S&P 500, on average, the bear market lasts about six months with the S&P falling 28%. Well, folks, we're already about there. We're six months into this bear market. That's the average. And at its low, a couple of weeks ago, the S&P was down about 24%, close to the average of 28. Now, I hate using averages because you can have some other numbers. You can have 32 or you can have 22 or whatever. But at least it gives us a framework on which to really kind of come up with, I think, a very professional guess on this. I happen to be more in that camp, although I wouldn't die on that hill. I just don't have a lot of conviction. There are so many moving parts. The Fed so far has gotten so many things wrong. And to all of a sudden think they're going to get this right and bring the economy to a soft landing, I, yeah, I, I don't have that kind of confidence. It could happen in spite of the Fed's actions. It, it could. Here's the downside. Okay, I, I got to give you the dark side to this. If we fall into a deep recession and people start getting laid off and the unemployment rate goes up and now we've got all kinds of issues and corporate earnings are going south, we've all lived through that before. And depending on our age, we've lived through multiple recessions. The average return of the S&P 500 is a negative 37 to 38%, which means, gosh, we've got quite a bit more to go or maybe a little bit more than half, or about half, but ugh. And the length, the average length then of the bear market isn't six months, it's 16 months. Roughly about one and a quarter to one and a half years, somewhere in there. We've lived through that. So there are your guideposts, folks. So you answer the question. Are we going to go into a very mild recession, if no recession at all? then the majority of the bear market is behind us. That, that, that's numbers, that's math, those are facts. But we don't know if that's where we're going. 
Or is it going to be something a little bit more onerous, more sinister, if you will? Well, okay, then you better make sure you're somewhat defensive in your portfolio. And that really sort of gets us into a bigger issue that I can't really answer for you. For those of you who are either doing investing on your own or you're working with an individual or you're working with a financial advisor, that's something you need to talk to that person about. But are you properly allocated? Are you within your own risk tolerance? Are you meeting goals? What are your goals? Are they reasonable? What are your goals of returns for the rest of your life? I hope they're not like 8 to 10% because that's not a reasonable long-term goal for a diversified portfolio. Maybe it is if you have 100% in stocks, not normally recommended. You should know, though, of course, history tells us that financial markets, stock market in particular, long-term trend is up and to the right. Up and to the right. Look at your portfolio. I always tell people to do a stress test. What happens if you woke up one day and your investment assets, the amount of your assets, be it 50000 or $5 million, what if you chopped off 20% overnight? Well, how would that change your life? Would it change your life? It shouldn't. It'd be sticker shock. You wouldn't like it. But it should not change your long-term plans. If it does, and you say, oh, I can't handle a 20% decline, then perhaps you are reaching. Perhaps you're taking on too much risk. Perhaps you should have had money on the side for some major purchase, like a down payment on a home, a car, a vacation, college education. This kind of a bear market is not abnormal. It happens every so often. It was inevitable. As I have said on my Dollars and Cents show, I write a weekly commentary. I said, folks, this is something that's going to be in front of us here. Do the stress test. Make sure if you get a 20% decline, that is something that your own personal goals and your allocation can handle. All right? And here we are. It's been brutal, folks. I think many of you know the names. Uh, Here they are. Peloton. Peloton down 95%. Listen to these numbers. The stock of Peloton down 95%. Carvana, 94. Robinhood, the trading app, down 90% from its all-time high. Coinbase, 87% crash. DraftKings, down 86%. Zoom, I use Zoom. The stock is down 85% from its all-time high. Roku, I use Roku every day, down 85%. DocuSign, who hasn't used DocuSign? Down 82%. Shopify down 82 I could go on and on and on. Which stocks are going to make it? Which companies won't? Who knows? But it's been brutal out there. Those are the kinds of stocks that you probably have to be very wary of. Wary of. I'm not telling you what to do, but this is the time to really look at blue chip stocks that pay dividends. Folks, Let's do a little bit of a shift here and talk about some other things, shall we? We'll take a break now and come back and do just that. My name is Dave Simons. This is At Your Service on Camo X. All right, my friends, welcome back. It's 834 in St. Louis. Dave Simons here. Yeah, that Dave Simons, the CFP who occasionally hosts the Dollars and Cents show. Not hardly at all during the summer since the show typically airs on Sunday afternoons, and we do have this local baseball team that normally takes Sunday afternoons, and I'm happy to give way. 
Don't know when I'll be on next, but typically when there is a Sunday night ESPN game, I'll, I'll come in and host, but nothing uh, planned at, at this point. So in the meantime, you'll occasionally hear me on the At Your Service segments filling in like tonight. So, um, yeah, tonight's been a, a night where I've kind of gone back in history, right? Sometimes whether it's about songs or movies from 1970 or we're talking about markets from the 1930s. Well, let me give you another year. This has nothing to do with markets, but you'll see kind of the story here. It's it's a great little story, and it was sort of modernized for me this week. So in 2004, my wife and I are vacationing up in Kennebunkport. Beautiful little town, the, the Bush family compound up in that area as well. And that's not why we were there. We just wanted to... to uh, go up in that area. We heard great things about it. And so we stayed at this well-known hotel, very old fashioned, very elegant, no televisions in the rooms or anything. At first that was hard to get used to, but you know what? After a couple of nights, I kind of liked it, honestly. Uh, so that was back in 2004. And as a runner, every morning I would get up and I would go run the beautiful area in and around Kennebunkport. And I kind of befriended this gentleman who was a little bit older than me. So in 04, what, I'm 42 years old. I would say this guy at the time was in his mid-50s, and he was also a runner, very good shape. Uh, We never ran together, but we would see each other out on the streets, and we just sort of referred to each other as runner. Hey, runner, hey, how you doing this morning? Fine. And he happened to be staying at the same hotel, so I occasionally run into it. Hey, um, how was your run today? Great, runner. How was yours? Yeah, run. So we had this weird sort of relationship that way that we just kind of said hi to each other, either as we were running or maybe later in the hotel. One morning after I had showered after a run, my wife and I are walking from our first floor room down a hallway toward the main area to eat breakfast. We pass by a conference room on the right where the door was open. And I look in there. And there's my running friend, about 10 feet from me. And before I said, hey, runner, I looked to see that he was talking to a gentleman who just happened to be George H.W. Bush, like the first Bush president. So as I stepped forward a little bit, and my wife was in front of me a few steps, Susan, Susan, come here. What? Shh, shh, come here. So she kind of backs up, look in the door. So she kind of puts her head, and she kind of even lets out a little gasp. <gasps> right then, I kid you not, this was a caricature of a Secret Service man. Looked just like he was out of a movie. I get a hand on my shoulder, and I didn't even see this the guy. He just, like, showed up. They're very sneaky that way. And he looked out of central casting because he had this dark suit, He had sunglasses, although he wasn't wearing them. They were on his head. But, you know, the thick marine jaw-like look. Uh, He had the, yes, he had the wire out of his ear down through the back of his coat. I mean, the whole works. And he was nice but firm. And he said, "Uh, please keep moving. Uh, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But then as we're walking, I'm like, that running guy, he's somebody. He's like a famous dude. Who is he? So later that night, I see him at dinner, walk up to him. Hey, man, um, sorry, the jig is up. You're not just some runner. Like, you're hanging out with the Bush family. Who are you? Well, he tells me his story. His name's Roger Williams. 
and he was best buddies growing up with George W., who was the president at the time, of course, in 04. Turns out Roger helped run George W.'s campaign in 2000 and in 04. And he was up there in Kenny Bunkport, not for George W., but for his dad, the first Bush president, for some kind of charity up in that area. And they were just helping each other out because Roger Williams was very ingratiated within the Bush family. So I thought that was a pretty cool story. Fast forward a couple of months. Back home in St. Louis. I am asked if I want to be a guest of a well-known, large, publicly traded company based here in St. Louis. I will not mention it. It's not important to the story. But they had purchased a table for a lot of money to be at a Bush dinner event because it was the campaign of 04. And I was invited as a guest to sit at this table. Yeah, I don't I don't have to pay a dollar. I'll go. Yeah, I don't care who the I don't care what president it is to have the chance to sit there and listen to the sitting president of the United States. Yeah, I'm going to go. So it was a great event and all that. It ends. I mean, there are over a thousand people and who knows what they paid. When George Bush was done speaking at this campaign event in this dinner, he gets out from the dais and he starts walking across the front of the stage, shaking hands. It's like a rock concert rushing the stage. I kind of felt sorry for the Secret Service guys because then they went into action. But George W. is just shaking hands as he's going along, kind of blindly doing it, not hardly looking at half the people he's shaking hands to. And I was egged on. Go up there, Dave. Go shake his hand. Go shake the president's hand. Nah, nah, nah. No, go shake his hand. Well, okay, you challenge me. I'm a competitor. I'm going to go see if I can shake the president's hand. So I go up there several rows deep, And here he's coming to my right. He's coming down, coming down, coming down, shaking hands very slowly. So I slowly snaked my hand through a couple of rows of guys and people. And I got my hand, believe it or not, up through there, and it's just hanging. Now, if he does even grab it, it would be blindly doing so, and he wouldn't even be able to see who it was attached to. But I got the hand out there. And then the bright light went off. As he came by, he wasn't touching my hand, but I said, Roger Williams says hello. I don't, I, it just kind of came to me. People turned around and looked at me. Bush then cocked his head to one side to look through, like who is saying that? And then he caught my eyes and he said, what? I said, Roger Williams says hello. And he's, it sounds like the Godfather, like, Luca Bracca says hello. I mean, like, Secret Service, I'm surprised he didn't jump on me. Like, this was some code thing. But I said, Roger Williams says hello. And that's when he took my hand, shook it very vigorously, and he said, Roger Williams is a good man. I said, yes, he is. He's one of my running buddies. Well, you tell him hello. I said, I will. And Bush went on. And everyone's looking at me like I'm a big deal. Of course, I played it up. And I'm... That was my 15, not 15 minutes of fame, maybe 15 seconds of fame. So why do I even tell you that story? Well, this week, fast forward like 18 years now, I'm perusing the financial TV stations as I tend to do in the morning in my home office before I actually go into work. And there is a gentleman being interviewed by the host. And the gentleman is talking about Saudi oil and how Congress needs to get together 
and get the Saudis to open up the spigots. And the gentleman's name was Roger Williams, Texas congressman. It was that guy. I'm like, there's my running buddy from 18 years later. Now, yes, he was older. I mean, of course, it's 18 years later. I didn't look up his age, but if I thought he was in his mid-50s then, then, yeah, he's in his 70s now, probably mid-70s. But he wasn't a congressman back then, so at some point he decided he was going to get into politics because he owned a, a slew of car dealerships. That's how he made his money, and that's how he was able to help, you know, get into the whole financing of political races and his, and his boyhood buddy, George Bush. Um, so I, I just thought, oh, my gosh, what a small, small world. And it dawned on me how weirdly, eerily lucky I've been in life. Seriously, just through no, no intention on my part, the people that I've bumped into and talked to, like Joe DiMaggio, who is a recluse and has never talked to anybody, Bob Costas, and that's a long story how that happened, but Bob Costas was able to get me in and and actually talk to Joe DiMaggio 30 years ago. Mickey Mantle. Rockers like Ted Nugent. I, I'm not making this up. I, I go backstage and it's just he and I talking because of some other weird charitable type things that occurred. And I could just go on and on. And of course, the strangest small world story, and some of you know this story, the Post-Dispatch did a story on it about me and my family, was the fact that Colin Firth, the great British actor who has an Academy Award that he won about 10 years ago, lived in our house in Florissant in the early 70s when he was 12 years old. The British kid. I mean, really strange, right? And I lived in his house in 1972 and 73 when we were both punk kids. And he grows up to be a world-famous actor and wins an Academy Award. And he, I, I tell people, you know, Colin first slept in my bed. And then I just mic drop it. And that gets some people talking. I've lived, I guess, a little bit of a charmed life, but not really. And my friends, that will segue into a story that, is not so charming of the life. And there's a reason that I will share that story for the first time publicly in the second hour. But we still have some other things to talk about here in the first hour, so stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You know that gentleman you just heard on the commercial, Gary LaVox of Rascal Flats. I am not a big country music fan. My wife is. She would move to Nashville yesterday. But she has dragged me to so many country music concerts, and the rock-type country music concerts I love, and I've seen Rascal Flatts, and that guy, his voice, I mean, he could, it's like Steve Perry of Journey or something. What a great voice. Anyway, I just thought about that when he was on there. Uh, Oh, Little Big Town. Another, again, I'm not a country music person. You send me to a good old-fashioned rock show anytime, and even hard rock. Yeah, even at my age, I, I, I just love that stuff. And sometimes I'm the only one. I'm not embarrassed to say, and I think I've said that I'm, I'm about to turn 60, so I want to put that in perspective. I've driven down to Springfield, Missouri to see Breaking Benjamin by myself because I can't find anyone my age who likes that kind of music. So I go down there 
this was a few years ago to go see Breaking Benjamin. I, I guarantee half of you, if not more, have no idea who that band is because people our age, they, again, that's why I go to these things by myself. Um, and yeah, I was I was one of the older guys. There was one parent there who's about my age. He was there with some 18-year-old, 16 to 18-year-old daughters or whatever, and he's like, hey, we got a buddy here. And I, I said, yeah. He goes, so you got some kids here? I said, no, I drove down from St. Louis by myself. Uh-huh. Okay. I have no problem doing that. Kind of the the, the loner in me. Um, hey, before we break a little bit, I, 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 I do want to return to some financial things because this is something that has always been of interest to me. It's the psychology of the markets and investing. And people fall victim to this all the time. We have the hindsight bias, and we always think we're smarter than we really are. And we, we, we kind of play with our memories a little bit, and I think it's a defensive mechanism, so we don't, we don't want to admit to ourselves that maybe we're not very good at investing sometimes. And here's an example of what I'm talking about. So the Great Recession of 08, I can't tell you how many people tell me, well, you saw it coming. Yeah, you know, the, the housing market was going to crash. Really? You, you thought it was going to crash? Yeah. Okay, so what, you sold your home? Well, no. Well, you should have. You should have sold your home and, and, like, rented an apartment for a while and then bought back in after home prices fell double digits. So, no, you didn't really see it. come. Maybe you saw there was going to be a little bit of a flattening or a decline. You didn't see the Great Recession coming. You didn't see Lehman Brothers going out of business. You didn't see the economy actually on the precipice of falling into the Great Depression. You didn't. A few people did. They made movies about those people. They made movies about them because they were so rare. But we tend to do this. Uh, 2000 to 02 when the Internet bubble burst. A lot of those companies just, they went belly up. The new IPOs, the new internet high-flying tech stocks went belly up. But some of them made it and made it big. Probably the most famous company to emerge from the rubble of those days would be Amazon. And perhaps you've seen the stats. If you had bought Amazon when it was pennies on the dollar in 2002, you would have X millions and millions of dollars today. Who did that? Nobody. Nobody. Okay, maybe a few of you. But when you're in the middle of it, you're just convinced that those things, A, are not coming back, and B, they're probably going even lower first, if not completely to zero. But when we look back, we go, oh, yeah, anyone could have seen what Amazon was going to do. Really? They were a bookseller back then. That's all. That's all they did. You could not have known at all what Jeff Bezos had in mind. Maybe he didn't even know, and he couldn't have known. Because of the web services they have, which didn't even exist back then as a technology. That's where the the exciting growth is from Amazon these days is the AWS portion of their business. That didn't even exist. So, no, you couldn't have known. I say this because the stocks that I mentioned in the last break, Peloton, Carvana, Robinhood, Coinbase, DraftKings, Zoom, Roku, DocuSign, Shopify, many, many more. There's nine or ten of them I just threw off the top of my head all of the aforementioned names are all down between 82 and 95%. You want to successfully play that game now? Any of those names, which ones are you wanting to buy right now? Right now. Some of you own them now, but for those of you who don't, or if you do, which ones would you buy? 
I don't have the answer, by the way. This is I'm just this is just a game I'm playing. I, I don't know. I, I can't tell you. Is Robin Hood gonna be around? And if they are, what's the right price? And when does the stock turn? I have no idea. Coinbase, the big exchange, if you want to buy and trade and sell cryptos, will they be around? DraftKings seems like a, a viable business, but they still have never reported a profit. Very competitive business. I would think Zoom and Roku, DocuSign, they'll all be around, but can you know that for sure? And is today the right time to... DocuSign fell 82% off its all-time high. 82%. But I know what's going to happen. Ten years from now, most people are going to say, well, you knew Roku was a buy back then in you know June of 2022. You did? Did you buy it? So which ones? This is why investing is hard. A lot of people will also say, well, you know, we knew the bear market was coming and we knew the bull market was going to turn here. Uh, you, You did? Okay, well, then prove it now. What are you doing today? I gave you the stats earlier in the show. The S&P just had one of its worst half-year starts ever and the worst since 1970. Would you go in and buy a bunch right now? Would you sell even if you haven't already? Because the market's going to go down even another 20 or 25%. And then get back to me in 10 years and let me know what you did. Chances are you're probably not going to do much of anything. But you could make a decision right now. It's hard, man. That's why I I, I say this not that you should make a a, a decision, by the way. I want to be very clear about this. I'm not telling you that you should go in and buy and sell any of these stocks or out in and out of the market at all. What I'm saying is because it's so difficult and it's impossible to gauge and guess, you're better off just making sure your portfolio is sound and solid and the investments that you do own you know will be around in the long run been a great first hour. Stick with us. Second hour coming up. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.